Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Well, welcome everyone. This is Wynne Morgan and... I'm Kate Roberts. Welcome to this week's episode of Under the Noise. And today we are thrilled to have with us Sarah Matthew. Hi, Sarah. Hi, I'm very pleased and honoured to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to have you with us. So I've known you for a few years now. I think it's I think it's four. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. And I know in that time that quite a few, few things have changed for you in the way that you see your work, your life, etc. But for those people who have never even heard your name, how would you introduce yourself to someone who wouldn't know you? <laughs> That's such a great question. Um, well, I guess in a way it would depend on who they were. <laughs> but, um, well, I'm a, I'm a mum and a wife, so I have two teenage boys who are much bigger than me now and um, and like to tease me as much as they possibly can but really and truly they are a delight and I've had a long career I've worked in corporate and I have started companies of my own and grown and sold them and they've all been related to marketing and communications and almost by accident I spent the vast majority of my career in pharmaceuticals and healthcare and I say that because I certainly didn't have that in my mind when I set out as a commercial trainee for Johnson and Johnson that was my first company but but anyway it turns out that's where I ended up and and loved it in the most part and and that takes me I think to 2017 win when I met you which was when I was out the other side of having sold my last business and an earnout process, which is how those kinds of businesses, those kinds of consultancies are sold over a period of time, is pretty gruelling. And I'd gone into it with my eyes open, but even so, you know, other things happen and it was still pretty gruelling. And I was, I was feeling very depleted. I think that's how I would describe it. When I was pointed towards the three principles. And then that changed the trajectory of, of not just my career, really, but my life. In what way? Well, first of all, it it made it easy. I thought about using that word, but it's true. It made it easy to get beyond the the place where I felt quite trapped. And, And that situation immediately looked very different to me. So maybe I should give that a little bit of context in that, you know, I'd sold this business um, and strategically we had done it because we wanted to take the business to the next level. And so I was feeling very responsible 
for all the people who worked in my business that I'd sold to a bigger business. I felt really responsible to the bigger business that had given us the task of integrating our company with the all the healthcare work that, that they already had and looking after their people uh, and trying to maintain the values and the standards and everything that um, Virgo, that was my company, held dear within a much bigger organisation. You know, back in a publicly quoted organisation with the reality that is quarterly financial reporting. And, um, and I felt like, I felt trapped in that I felt huge responsibility to, to other people. And I also, I, I really didn't have the energy at that point to think, what else do I want to do instead? I had a very senior position. I couldn't imagine going to do that sort of position for another company because that would have been just too disloyal. And I couldn't see the wood for the trees. And, and then, and then I had this huge realization that my life as I saw it uh, was mainly in my head. I wasn't looking out onto an objective reality that my, my mind was very clearly and compellingly, I have to say, tricking me into believing that that's how it was. This, this is how it is. This is what the world looks like. These are your options. And all of that looked true. And then thanks to a very skillful three principles coach who's dear to, to us, uh, John L. Mokadem, it, it, was, it was like that. You know, it was an instant aha moment of the most gigantic proportions. <laughs> and so from there, uh, everything looked different. And I was able to leave my company behind with love and care, but knowing that they were going to be absolutely fine. And that this huge burden of responsibility wasn't real. I had innocently and unknowingly invented it myself. Um, and that also taking a step out into the abyss, like not knowing what I was going to do next, that was fine too. That was all. That was all okay. And and then when I started to work with businesses again, as I now do, sort of a mixture of con, uh, consulting and coaching and mentoring, really. Um, then everything they brought me looked very different as well. And and I will always remember John saying something to me. He said, "Look, you'll know that you've you've got this." as much as you ever get it, you're, there's always more to see, right? We know that, but you'll know that you've got this when um, people come to you and they say, this is my problem that I need help with. And and you feel, you feel the empathy for them. And at the same time, you don't see the problem in that you can see what they're, what they're trying to do. You can see what they're trying to get but you don't see the limitation that they see. And <laughs> what's really funny is my first, my first project was as I was finishing Supercoach. And I walked into this organisation, 
absolutely lovely. And and they said, we're so glad you're here. So we've got this huge problem. And they said, this is what it is. And I thought, yeah, that really looks like a problem to me too. <laughs> and I thought, oh, hmm, maybe this, maybe this three principles thing isn't quite so so easy. Like I, I thought I understood it, but John said if I walked in to help clients and they told me what their problem was, I wouldn't see it as a problem. And yet, yeah, it it looks like a problem to me. And for a little while there, I was up in my head and thinking, oh, okay, I think I need to go back to, to the drawing board. I need to go and get more coaching. And and eventually, of course, I just realised that I, I just needed to let my mind settle down. So I, I had this little talk with myself thinking, okay, well, even if I do see it as a problem, do I think I can help them? Yeah, I actually do. I think I can, I can help them. Um, and... And because I let go of the notion of, of what that might look like, uh, what, what it not looking like a problem might look like, <clears throat> we started to work together. And just a little bit further down the line, I had this, again, big aha moment. And I saw it and I thought, oh, of course, of course. Now I see how it's not a problem. And, and so it's not in a kind of, well, you and, and Kate both know this, it's not in, in, a, in a kind of, I know better than you do kind of way. It's not that. It's, it's having utter compassion for where people are at and also being able to see possibilities for them that they can't see themselves because, because I know from, and I've experienced it myself, how that problem has been framed unconsciously by their minds and that's the only place where it exists like that. In, in, in the rest of the world, to so the rest of the people, that's not, how, that's not how that looks right now. There's no reason why um, low negative thinking needs to extrapolate into disaster scenarios moving, moving forward. And so, so it changed my life because I remembered that yeah, there have been many times when I've um, hurtled out into the unknown, having no idea what was going to happen, and then amazing things did. And and I just let go of the need to to know and and the the illusion of control. And I, and I realised that yeah, I, I all this responsibility that I had put on myself was as a result of thinking that I could control stuff. And and I realised that, well, there are some things that were in my control, but they are far less, far, far less than I was, than I was thinking. Hmm. Cool. There's so much in what you've said. There's something earlier on that I would love to explore. Because for anyone listening, they might have heard, heard you say something like, well, wait a minute. It's possible for me to look at what another person sees as a problem and not see it as a problem. How do you account for that? 
do I account for it? Well, how, you know, it's not that that person is choosing to see it as a problem. That, that is what it looks like to them in, in their own minds. And it's because, because our minds are so used to um, trying to keep us safe and, you know, and, and the us that they're trying to keep safe is, is, is ourselves. And, and in doing that, there's all this um, calculating of worst case scenarios the entire time. And, and I realize, you know, one of the things I do with people is I, is I just say, okay, look, let's stop for a moment. And let's see where we are right here, right now, like with your five senses, what are you experiencing this very second? And, and that has most often a, a pretty calming effect on people. And then we might ask, okay, well, the, the thing that you're worried about, the challenge, the problem, the scenario that you need help with, where is there physical evidence of that being the case right now? And, and there isn't in, in 99.9% of the time there isn't. So what we're doing is we're projecting into the future what we think is going to happen. And that's the problem. Um, and so to give you an example, with one of my clients early on, they had said, um, they had said, what's happened is we've had three senior people all leave us at the same time. And those senior people, for, for very different reasons, it's just really, really unlucky timing. You know, one's gone off to get married and go around the world, which they'd always wanted to do. Uh, one's gone to go and do something else, etc. The trouble is those three people, they run our biggest team with the most amount of business in the business. And so what does it mean for, for client service and, and continuity? And what does it mean for our own team and their sense of stability? And it's all a disaster. And well, why is it a disaster? Well, because we're, we're imagining all of the negatives of that scenario. But the reality is those people, they're leaving or they have left, that, that's going to happen. And so we can keep operating from a place of fear or we can say that's what's happened and we may as well think positive thoughts about the future as negative ones it's just that our minds are more attuned to the negative ones and in fact in the end with this company uh, we did an exercise where because it was it was really slowing things down it was getting them caught up and so we did an exercise where we pretended that uh, they all joined the company on that day and they didn't know anything about what had happened before and so we just did a little inventory of okay what what's going on here and so well, we, we've got these clients we've got all these clients that's pretty impressive and we're doing all this work some of it's so exciting well, that's really cool. And we've got all these people in the team and look how skilled they are and look how experienced they are. 
Oh, that's amazing. And we've got all these opportunities coming up. Well, yeah, that's amazing. And so, so although, you know, it was a bit of a, I don't know, a technique in a way, but it was what was needed to let go of how they were framing that reality because the reality was being described and it was the description that was the problem, not the reality itself. And I think, I don't know whether that, that explains it, Win, in terms of how I see it, but that's, that's, yeah, that's what comes to mind. I've, I've seen so many times when, whether it's on a, a one-to-one uh, in coaching an executive or it's, with a company or a, a, a department, a team within a company, how problems, in inverted commas, make the mind less able to actually have fresh ideas, to stay in the realm of possibility as opposed to the uh, doom-mongering that can occur when we're just seeing it through the eyes of it's a problem. And it's funny how just what you've described by seeing it for what it is changes the entire dynamic of what we do to actually account for the current situation. Amazing. Beautiful example, Sarah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, I can, I, it's funny because when I, when I found the three principles, I think with my own business even, I just had this sensation of, oh my goodness, if I had known this when I was running my last business, everything would have been different. And what's hilarious is that um, I had that very conversation quite soon um, after after having this realization of what was really going on for me. Um, but the problem was when someone said to me, okay, well, then how would it have been different in your business? I would, I would open my mouth to answer <laughs> and nothing would come out because, because I hadn't fully integrated the understanding. You know, when we let go of our personal thinking, it's a feeling. It's the most wonderful feeling of peace and calm and I don't know about anyone else but I felt utterly liberated and I I had a, a kind of visual metaphor for it which is that it felt like I was walking out of this very heavy black dark cloak and it was all the way to the ground and I I just walked out of it and it crumpled on the floor behind me and it was gone. So all that stuff, all of that heaviness I'd been carrying around just disappeared in an instant, absolutely gone. And, and how I felt was, yeah, just light and released and all of these feelings. And so I, I had this knowing, this deeper intuitive knowing this is going to change everything. It would have changed everything had I known. And people would say, but how? And I was like, I don't know. I just know it would, and it does. And, and, and in all honesty, since, since then, it's taken me 
well, yeah, even now it's still it's still coming. But now I do know. And uh, another example um, from my own business was was when we'd sold the company to the parent company. There was a whole chunk of what we did uh, for which there was no knowledge or experience in the parent company that had bought us. And I'll never forget the leader of that part of the business coming to talk to me and saying, I'm really worried, I'm really worried about the future. And I said, well, why are you worried? And he said, because, you know, the, the company that's bought us, they don't get what we do. They don't understand our bit of the business. And um, that makes me feel massively worried that we we won't have the growth potential that we thought we were going to have. Um, they really don't get it. They won't make the right decisions for us. And none of that looked true to me. But what I attempted to do was to rationally put another side to that argument. And because to me, it looked like, well, you're, you're saying what you're worried about, and I'm going to tell you why you don't need to be worried about it. Because right. that's all I can do. Um, but it's like playing with play swords in the air out in front of you. Like, why would my version of the future be any more accurate and reassuring than his version of the future? <laughs> and that, but that's what we would have tried to do. And that actually, coming from a marketing and comms background, that, that is what we try to do. We try and communicate on a rational basis. How it would be different now is I would know that, oh, he is feeling insecure. He is feeling his thinking. I, I'm not going to rationally try and persuade him that his version of the future is wrong. That's not going to do it. That's not going to change how he feels. You know, not unless I've got something really concrete to say to him, like, well, guess what? Here's a plan where it's already baked in all of the investment that you're going to need for the next three years, et cetera, et cetera. And even then when I have a sense that that still wouldn't have completely done it because that wasn't where he was coming from. Mm. And now I would, I would know how to be with him and what to ask him. And, and who knows, he might still, you know, ultimately he, he was so sure that this, terrible future of sequential devastating events was going to happen he left the company nothing I could do to persuade him was going to stop him which I always think is very interesting because you know you're worried about an uncertain future where you are and you join a new company that's completely uncertain but anyway anyway uh you know I, I don't know that that would have prevented him from leaving and maybe that was the right path for him but I do know that at that time of him feeling really insecure about it, I could, I could at least have helped him feel a bit better about that. Lovely. You know, as you were sharing that, there's something else that occurred to me as well. The number of times I hear people say things like, well, there's this big problem because they just don't get it. And that's going to inhibit the growth potential because they just don't, don't understand it. And in the, the weight of all of that thinking, they don't even realize that 
they've just said the solution. <laughs> yes, I know. Because it's just, well, they don't get it. So how would you get them to get it? I'd not thought of that. It's like, I know. Because that's what problem thinking does. Because we're in the pit of seeing things thickly without seeing the common sense ideas that are bleeding obvious right in front of our face when we're not in the, the, the worried state of mind, the problem-seeing state of mind. It's just a fascinating thing that often something so simple can be visible just by not being so ingrained in the way of seeing things through the eyes of a problem. Yes, yes, and as you were saying that, I think the other dimension of it is that when we're stuck in that thinking, um, it's almost that we become more separate and more isolated yeah. because, because there's, there's an underlying frustration. You know, you will hear people say, well, they should, they should get it. Won't you? You hear that? They should get it. It's their job. They're more senior people. They should, they should get it. It's not my job to get them to get it. And yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and and it really does look like that. It does. It does. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. It's a pleasure. It's interesting too, Sarah, because it seems like the thing to do is to make a decision when we're like that when we're in the problem space, that it makes a lot of sense to somehow act on that feeling, you know? And so even if, you know, his decision to go to another job ends up being a good decision, it's still coming from that space of everything that's wrong. Yes. And, um, and your decision to leave came from a very different place where you knew everything was going to be okay when when it settled down and it made sense to go. Yeah, it, it absolutely did, Kate, because because I remember thinking that the, the mist had cleared and the idea of staying there seemed utterly nonsensical. Like that was the bit that looked mad, not the yeah, it's time to move on. I, I don't know to what. Um, yeah, but that was, it was crystal clear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as Wynne will tell you, I spent all of Supercoach saying, well, I'm not a coach and I don't think I want to be a coach, <laughs> but I'm here because, because I want to learn this, uh, this being what I had experienced, because the irony was that uh, for the longest time, a lot of our business was about behavioral change. And we employed on projects and um, various initiatives, you know, some of the leading psychologists and behavioral economists in the world. And, and yet, we didn't understand this. We didn't understand that 
Well, I think the easiest way I'd, I have found to describe it to people is that what we think determines how we feel. And we're not consciously choosing that thinking. And, and when we get that, um, and then that, that's how you get behavioral change, right? <laughs> so, so I finally had this missing piece of the jigsaw, which is, oh, that's why some of those campaigns, they work for some of the people some of the time, but they never work for all of the people all of the time. We try as we might, goodness, we gave it our best, you know, and we brought in the experts and we tried really hard. And we, and we did some great work and we, we achieved some change, but we were missing this vital piece of the, of the jigsaw. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it when I saw it. And, and then I was utterly compelled. Um, but I, in my personal mind, I had an idea that, well, I'm not a coach and I, I really don't think that's what I'm going to be doing. But um, yeah, here we are. In <laughs> years down the line apparently i'm a coach <laughs> and apparently making massive impact in the people that you work with oh thank you Im. i know that's true from our conversations over the, the last three years um, thank you how would someone get hold of you uh, they can get hold of me via my website, which is uh, www.thevibrantcompany.com. Uh, they can email me, Sarah, at thevibrantcompany.com. Uh, uh, they can find me on LinkedIn or um, Instagram or Facebook. Uh, I, I should say that the reason it's The Vibrant Company is because having having had this experience in 2017, um, I came back from, from seeing John and then I started, uh, then I decided to enroll on Supercoach, but I hadn't started it yet, but I started to be exposed to some of the material and I was absorbing it, you know, like osmosis at a rate that was unbelievable. And literally my friends and family kept saying to me, you're so vibrant what have you done where have you been what has happened and when when i was deciding to go as a, as an independent and go and do some of this work what do i call this and i thought do you know what i i want that for everybody i want vibrant for for everyone and that is my mission <laughs> wonderful lovely story and the details you don't have to pause the podcast and rewind um, the details are there in the description of the website and the email. Um, or if you're on YouTube, they're on the uh, description below. Wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, both of you. It's, it's, it's just lovely to be in your energy. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. It's, it's always a delight to talk to Wynne. And, and of course, it's, it's lovely to meet you finally as well. So you've been listening to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts. And I'm Wynne Morgan. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynne or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.